0: Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co host, at Birdsall. Mr. BirdSaw, did you miss me? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going?
1: It's going. Happy, uh, happy draft week. The first, first podcast that I've recorded this week where I actually have, uh, company on this, on this program. Well, that's nice. I feel now, like it's hard to talk by yourself. Um, you, you have to have, you have to have this, uh, I kind of look at it as if you were younger and you had like an imaginary friend that you talked to. It's kind of like, it's kind of the same thing.
0: I guess so. I mean, I guess, you know, sports talk radio, they do it all the time for way longer, but at least they have callers occasionally. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a skill for
1: sure. No, you're talking, you're definitely talking into a void, but at the same time, you're also talking to a person that falls asleep every night listening to his own voice so i i I am not kidding i i know that's the most bird thing i've ever heard in my entire life (laughs) what is going to put me to sleep silence or my own voice what's more soothing than that
0: i don't know sometimes i watch like youtube videos there's like this this uh, video game reviewer that i don't know what it is about his voice that puts me to sleep but it does in like the best possible way
1: I just put I just put the timer on, put the episode timer on, know that I got some, most cases, I have about an hour of whatever I'm going to listen to and just put the episode timer on, boom, done and just turn over and I listen to myself myself uh, talk and I'm asleep within 10, 15 minutes and it's it's magical stuff.
0: Now I've met both extreme ends of the spectrum where people who absolutely despise the sound of their own voice and somebody who goes to sleep to the sound of their own voice.
1: I I I will remember the first time I ever I ever heard my voice through through like actually recorded and then and then like having to go back and listen to it. it that was a traumatizing, harrowing experience. It it really was. It was so bad. But well, then, you're over but, it then now. but then you get better. Then you get better, and 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 you're able to listen to yourself and say, "Oh, okay, good. I don't come off as a babbling idiot. I I I have some passion and some uh, what's the word that I'm looking for." I guess bravado. I guess is the word that I'd be looking for. Uh, I pack. I pack a real punch when I decide to open my mouth. Yeah, Um, some would agree with that. Some would agree more than others with that statement.
0: Well, I I wish I just
1: didn't open my mouth at all. And to those people, you know what I say to those people, Adam? Those people can go fuck themselves.
0: (laughs) Uh, You definitely have a lot of what's this word I'm looking for? It starts with a C. It's not charm. Charisma. Charisma, that's it. Yeah.
1: Charisma. That's you ugly. have a lot of charismatic. Lot... Yeah, I'll take that. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, I hope that nobody finds like the old audio files of the high school radio shows that I did, um, and then use them to blackmail me. Because I will pay,
1: I will pay significant money to have those. <laughs> I don't know where they are. They're on like a hard drive somewhere. Uh, I, I I I would legitimately pay a boatload of money to hear those.
0: They were, they were not great.
1: Oh I, I could tell you, I could tell you right now, listen, it, they exist. The required radio fantasy show, those those episodes that we did, especially early on. Woo, those yeah. were brutal. I know. Those but were we, fucking brutal.
0: We're better now. Thank God. I hope so. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Oh my god, those we, were so bad. <laughs> Oh, God! you know what they say? Every creative hates everything that they made three years ago.
1: Listen, Adam. Those things were released probably now, what, five years ago?
0: Yeah, it was like the 2017 season.
1: Something like that after that. All right. So we'll we'll just say five years, right? They were bad five years ago. They're still bad five years now. I know they're 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 brutal. They're very bad they're very 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 bad but now I think we are uh, much more uh, much more uh adapt to the whole uh uh audio storytelling genre that yeah. we yeah, that we've that we've chosen for ourselves the one thing I
0: I do miss about those shows is that we were in the same room and not like
1: over Zoom ladies and gentlemen I would like it to be put on the record that Adam does in fact miss me I want that on the record. I want that put in stone. Thank you very much. So whatever I say, and Adam <laughs> rolls his eyes. That's all bullshit because he he does he does he does miss it. I do enjoy your company. Oh, why? Thank you so much. I enjoy your company too, there, sweet cheeks. Yeah, I no, it's just better
0: uh, conversationally when we're in the same room as
1: sure. each other. Sure. I mean, I don't do any any like podcasts or anything with people that are in the same room. I've not done a podcast in the same room with somebody since probably you, quite honestly, probably quite honestly. My, my, my life just revolves on just Zoom and other recording platforms. Yeah. So well, anyway, some I honestly I, some I just I don't even get to see faces. Some it's just audio where that is just like that's even weirder
0: that's hard that's really difficult because it's hard to like judge audio cues uh, or even like when somebody's done talking and when you can jump in it, it's tough it's definitely it, tough
1: it's really tough it's really 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 tough i hate it i hate it but you become you become more uh, more trained more trained definitely
0: yep well anyway enough of that we have some bold predictions for the uh, NFL draft on Thursday, we already had a huge trade. The bird talked about um, yesterday with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Oh, my God, I it's told finally going to happen.
1: I told everybody on this podcast that listens, it's going to happen.
0: Well, I mean, I figured it was going to happen after he said that his intention was to play for the
1: Jets. Oh, the Packers had to play hardball and they did. Honestly,
0: it's not that bad of
1: a return. No, no, it's a win win. It's a win-win. Packers get a shit ton of assets for a thirty-nine-year-old quarterback. The Jets get a guy that can help contend contend for the playoffs, if not more, this year. And if and, they go, and if they go to where they think they are going to go with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, that first-round pick is going to be in the mid twenties anyway. And so they get to keep all, their first-round pick this year. Right, right. It's a win-win. It is absolutely one hundred percent a win-win. And guess what? Yeah, sure. They got they got to fall back two spots, and maybe there's a chance that they don't get the tackle prospect that they want with the Patriots right in front of them and the Patriots not having a right tackle really on their roster. But they're still in prime position where if if they like Darnell Wright or if they like Broderick Jones enough, one of them will most certainly be there for them. So it's it, all in all, it's, it's not too much of a loss for, for the Jets. They'll still get a quality player at 15. They still get Aaron Rodgers. They'll get a quality player in round two. They're they're good. They're good. It's a it's a win win, regardless of what any um, not Jets fan or even some Jets fans will want to tell you. It's it's a fine trade. It's a fine trade. Nobody loses in this situation.
0: Honestly, some people I feel like it is they assume that like Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded for like I don't know Braden Man if he was a still seventh the round team. pick, yeah, or a seventh round pick. Like you know, they're not just going to let him go away for free, right? Or the Packers, for the
1: Packers. Held him for ran- they held him for ransom. And I mean, if you really think about it, the Packers made a I know people say what they want to say about it, and I and I understand why he left, but the Packers did choose Aaron Rodgers over Devontae Adams in 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 many in many cases. So they had to make it at least worth their time some way, somehow. And I know that Devontae Adams wanted to play with Derek Carr and, and, and all of that. But say they don't pay Aaron Rodgers, so they trade Aaron Rodgers and they give Devontae Adams more money. Devontae Adams is still probably in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, but I feel like, well, that would be great for Jordan Love because honestly, I don't know how he's going to look with the uh, lack of weapons in Green Bay.
1: Oh, we're going to have so many fancy discussions about Jordan Love, but the (laughs) short and sweet is Jordan Love is going to be one of my favorite late-round quarterbacks to go and target because he's going to cost absolutely nothing he's i don't th- i don't think he's going to get drafted in 10 team leagues probably not in 12 in 12 probably because his his upside is tremendous
0: yeah well anyway that's that's besides the point we haven't even let's just get into these we have we have
1: about let's see may june july we have about four months where we could talk all about Jordan loves yes. and, and everything about fantasy potential. Yeah. We have we have uh we have about five days, four days to talk about the NFL draft.
0: <laughs> so we have nine bold predictions for you. And we're gonna do this uh mailbag style, except all the questions are coming from one person. Yep. So uh one to nine, I'm gonna go and pick number eight, Aaron Rodgers.
1: So by the first bold prediction that I have is the Kansas City Chiefs are going to trade up from number 31 to get a wide receiver. Now, they have obviously held private workouts with Zay Flowers. He is one of my favorite receivers on the board this year. The thing with the Chiefs that I that I just get a little wor a little worried about is that I don't think they have enough at the receiver position right now. And they obviously lost Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. They and have to get... Hardman. Yeah, exactly. Nicole Hardman as well. They have to get an outside number one for Patrick Mahomes. And I say need to. Patrick Mahomes just makes guys better. But Zay Flowers, they called Zay Flowers in. They had him fly to Houston to do a private one-on-one workout with Patrick Mahomes. That definitely signifies there's a ton of interest there from the Kansas City Chiefs. And what I've I've been told is that the Chiefs have been actively scouring the receiver market. Um, I've been told that, say, Flowers is in the running. I've heard both Tennessee receivers are in the running, Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. Those are two. The Chiefs are definitely looking at the end of round one. But if the Chiefs are going to move up from 31 to get into the mid-20s, if not early 20s, for a receiver— Zay Flowers just feels like the most logical fit for them, given that he is probably the most Tyreek Hill-esque out of all the receivers. I know Jordan Addison is another favorite, consider, but he's definitely more of your out-and-out slot guy. If you want to put Zay Flowers on the outside, you definitely can. That's where I see him being uh, at his best, and that's where I think the Chiefs will definitely want to utilize him, and he steps in. He steps into Kansas City right away, and he becomes an immediate fantasy asset for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll plug in, actually, another bold prediction that I have. This was actually the next one that I put on the list, was if Zay Flowers does go to Kansas City, Zay Flowers will will be the best rookie receiver out of all of them in fantasy this year. Wow, that's saying a lot. And honestly, I don't think I'm limiting that to just Kansas City. I think you could make a case that if he were to go to, I have in my mock going 23rd overall to the Minnesota Vikings. He goes to the Vikings and he's next to Justin Jefferson. Holy smokes. I would absolutely, absolutely love that. So I think I'm pretty much in the camp that I'm just all over Zay Flowers and I absolutely adore the kid.
0: Well, that is uh, very evident. <laughs> yeah. With it, with that, I don't, that's kind of a, I mean, listen, I don't, I haven't done like too much research with the, uh, with the draft and everything. But, you haven't watched, know, you haven't
1: watched thousands of hours of tape like I have.
0: No, no, I haven't.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely north of a thousand.
0: Yeah. That's, that's it's a lot. Bad. But the Chiefs do need a receiver. I mean, listen, we know that Travis Kelsey is amazing and he can break out double teams, but if they don't get a receiver, they like teams are just going to be like, OK, if you stop Travis Kelsey, um, that's basically it. That's all she wrote. I mean, there's Isaiah Pacheco there, but he's not a receiver. Um, I don't know. But she's if they don't get a good receiver, they're at risk of being one dimensional.
1: I disagree. There's no such thing as one dimensional with the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: I know. But like
1: you and I could be playing receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs and we'd still find they'd still find a way.
0: That's like uh, playing with Wayne Gretzky. And like <laughs> uh, on a right. line with Wayne Gretzky, and right, it's like being on a line with
1: Gretzky, being on a line with McDavid, you're gonna get some points somehow. Yeah, and it's it's the same thing with the Chiefs, but uh, Zay Flowers feels like a very logical candidate there. They like their speedy receivers. Um, and then of course, the Tennessee guys, uh, Tillman and Hyatt are two that I would also keep, uh, keep an eye on. Um, I had the Chiefs mocked as taking Miles Murphy, the defensive end out of Clemson. But this is also in a mock where there are no trades. But if there is a team that I could see trading up at the back end, I think Kansas City definitely makes a ton of sense, given they are masters at doing it, most notably when they moved up to 10 to take one Patrick Palms. Yes. All right.
0: So how many do we – are we still – do we still so have, we have eight, eight
1: and Eight and nine are gone. Eight and okay. nine are gone because I, I combine the two.
0: Okay. All right, number five, David Wright.
1: All right, so number five, this is this is my Cowboys one. Okay, uh, the Dallas oh God, Cowboys, here it is. The Dallas Cowboys do not take a pass catcher in round one, so i sh- I should preface this by saying these are both predictions of things that I think could happen, not that I think will happen. Because in my mock at twenty six overall, I have the Cowboys going with Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, the tight end, a do it all tight end. Can block, can run seamless routes, catch any ball. He's a complete tight end. He is probably, and we t- I talked about this with Jake on the mock draft show on Monday that the the comparisons of of Dalton Kincaid being better than Michael Mayer might be a little bit of a stretch, just because I feel like that they are two of the same. If anything, Michael Mayer may be the more complete tight end out of out of the two. Dalton Kincaid is just a little bit more flashy. The tight end out of the Utah Utes go Utes. Sorry, they're yeah. not the sorry they're not the Cougars, Adam, but Utah is Utah, I guess. Um, well, it's
0: just forty two miles north of where I am in Salt Lake City.
1: Okay, so so okay, so it's close enough. Um, yeah. But my thinking with this one is, obviously, the Packers moved up with the trade of Aaron Rodgers. I, have the Packers, still selecting Dalton Kincaid at at number thirteen. I then look at where where else tight ends could potentially come off the board. I look at number 16 with the Washington Commanders. I look at number 18 with the Detroit Lions. I look at number 20 with the Los Angeles Chargers. I look at number 23 with the Jacksonville – excuse me, number 24 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. For some reason, I had to break the fourth wall here. So my mock, they have it on Fantasy Pros. For some reason, the system is completely glitched that when they did the trading today – it decided to take all the tr- all the picks at 20 and below and completely move them up one. Why that happened, I have no fucking idea. But it is confusing the hell out of me, so I apologize. I'm going to try that again. So, I had the Packers taking Dalton Kincaid at number 13. Other teams that could use a tight end. Washington at 16. Detroit at 18. The Chargers at 21 the Jacksonville Jaguars at 24. Those are all before the Dallas Cowboys. I've heard that the Cowboys have done preliminary checks on Quinton Johnston. I don't think he's going to be there, even though I'm not the biggest Quentin Johnston guy. So then what are you kind of left with if there is a run on pass catchers in between, let's say, 16 and 25? Where does that leave Dallas? Well, if that does happen, you could then have Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pitt, who many have compared to Aaron Donald. He could become an option. You have Darnell Wright, the tackle out of Tennessee. He becomes an option. Dallas does have a bit of a hole on the offensive line. It's more interior, but you could always push one of Darnell Wright or Terrence Steele inside, and you could have Darnell Wright play either tackle or guard that that could also work out as well Jameer Gibbs could become could become an option unless you want to consider him a pass catcher I necessarily wouldn't I think as a running back but to each their own but the other avenue that I could definitely see the Cowboys going down is potentially linebacker with either Jack Campbell out of Iowa or Drew Sanders out of Arkansas Drew Sanders I think fits this defense with Dan Quinn more than Jack Campbell does because Drew Sanders definitely is that sort of uh, Swiss Army knife that you could play in so many different positions is very scheme versatile. You can have him line up in the slot if need be. You can have him rush the pass or you can have him drop back in coverage. He's a really, really raw talent, but he's someone that I think, with this defense led by Dan Quinn, you could very easily see that Drew Sanders could have a very, very big role in that defense. And not to mention, they have a whole linebacker as well. So, Linebacker, I could definitely see as a plan B. Uh, offensive line, I could always see as a plan B for Dallas. And uh, we talk about this all the time, uh, especially within the within draft the draft community. There is one position that you can never get enough of in the NFL draft. Adam, would you like to guess what it is?
0: Um, probably wider or um offensive line. Nope. Or just what corner? Oh, that's true.
1: You could never have enough corners. So, and there are plenty of corners that, that could be had. I mean, just not in the first round. I mean, I just don't, I don't see this personally working out this way where I don't have a corner going after 22 overall. Uh, but these, these are leaving out guys such as Emmanuel Forbes and Keeley Ringo out of Mississippi State and Georgia uh, together. Those two could definitely come into play uh, for Dallas as well. If they just want to just go crazy and just really, really upgrade in the secondary. So while I think Dallas will have the opportunity to take Michael Mayer, there are other needs on the board for the Cowboys, and some of those positions I think could, def- could definitely be filled. I also think that linebacker – I talked about this throughout the process. And we talked about this in the, in the mock draft show with, with, with Jake. I think the real window opens up for the linebackers – Buffalo has that need for the linebackers at 27. Now that Tremaine Edmonds is no longer in town, but I think the real window for the linebackers is really going to open up in round two, where I think that's where we see a lot of those linebackers uh, go, like like the aforementioned Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, and then Trenton Simpson, Jake's number one linebacker in this class.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the Jets could probably, because you could use a linebacker or two um, on their team for sure. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested, though, speaking of the running backs, I mean, maybe this is, You know what? Actually, I'm going to not say anything because I don't want to spoil any of your bold predictions that might involve
1: one of the running backs. Save, save that thought. I will save that thought. I do. I have. I have a couple of running back uh, bold predictions here. So write that. Write that down, or save it for a rainy day. I will save that because it will be coming. It will be coming. I promise. (laughs) All right. Um, The five, eight, and nine are gone.
0: Five, eight, and nine are gone. I'm going to go with hmm. I'm going to go with Josh Hart. Number three.
1: Well, this isn't the running back one that I think you could have used, but this is a running back one. All right. And there is some speculation about this happening. My third bold prediction is B. John Robinson goes number eight overall to the Atlanta Falcons. And The rationale behind this one is very simple. Look who his head coach is, Arthur Smith. What was Arthur Smith previously before he was head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? He was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. What did he have in Tennessee? He had a bell cow running back that he could hand the ball off to 25, 30 times a game, build that offense around a very strong run game, and let the running back eat. And that's what B. John Robinson is. That is what the kind of player that he is. And I could tell you right now, if B. John Robinson goes number eight overall to the Atlanta Falcons, oh my heavenly father, what that is going to do for his fantasy value. Because I actually think the, ten- the, the Tennessee Titans, the Atlanta Falcons are in a pretty good position where they have decent enough players at wide receiver and at tight end. They have a strong enough offensive line. Quarterback is obviously suspect. But if you could get a really, really good running back in there. I think Tyler Algier is really, really good, but he's no Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is close to generational. If you can get B. John Robinson in there, and B. John Robinson becomes the so, the real focal point of that offense, and you can kind of mask some of the flaws around Desmond Ritter, and then you, you continue to build around Desmond Ritter, and you continue to improve on defense, because I, I genuinely think and I said this during the mock as well, that the Falcons, their number one need more than anything else is they have to improve in the sack department. They were dead last last year in total team sacks. They've done that already in free agency. They brought in Bud Dupree that solves one side of their defensive line issues. They have to address the other and they could go Nolan Smith. who I have them taking in my mock? Uh, Lucas Van Ness is another option for them, but John Robinson just could really open up such a new dimension to this football team and give Arthur Smith really what he wants and that's a guy that he can hand the ball off to a shit ton over the course of over the course of the season. So while I think there are other pressing needs for the Atlanta Falcons to go and address and and I know running back is not necessarily a position that is valued in today's NFL, Uh, There's no doubt that when there's a player like Bijan Robinson on the board for a team that openly wants to run the football, the fit just makes so much sense. And I think they go ahead and they do it. I will
0: say that when you said that bull prediction, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Not only does the Fed do the Falcons need way more for their team than running back. But also, I feel like the windows don't match up with, you know, the effect. Like we saw with Ezekiel Elliott, as a great example of that. I mean, that team was already good. Um, that he got drafted, uh, that Cowboys team that he got drafted onto was already really good. Sure, they just, you know, Tony Romo was just injured for the entire year. But the Atlanta Falcons were terrible, and they're in a rebuild. Um, and I feel like getting a running back in the first round just wouldn't really help that. But I mean, your argument does is convincing. I just don't, and I know this is a bold prediction. It's so like you're saying that this will happen, but I just don't think that the Falcons will go that way.
1: Out of all the bold predictions I do have on this list, I think this is the most realistic that could happen based on things I mean, that I've heard and based on things where if you really think about it, they do make a ton of sense. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Looking at the NFC South, is there a clear is there a clear favorite in that division?
0: No, it's really winnable.
1: Yes. I mean, that, that, unless that's the Buccaneers
0: point. Yeah, I mean the Buccaneers
1: maybe. Like eight wins could win that division. Probably less. Maybe less. Like, honestly. <laughs> honestly, that, that that's not that's not that outlandish. That less than eight wins could potentially win the division.
0: I mean, depending on what the Panthers I mean, if the Panthers do something at quarterback,
1: well, they're going – oh, my God, they're going to. No, like
0: yeah. if their quarterback like works out for them in year one, oh, sure, a good sure, season. Sure, sure.
1: whether then whether then... it's Bryce or, or CJ or or if anybody believes in the Will Levis crap, which, by the way, um, we're not going to talk about the Will Levis thing right now. Um, I will have information on that. I'll be doing a show Thursday morning, day at the draft, where a lot of those pre-draft questions will be answered, and Will Levis will be a subject of discussion for sure but I, uh, in short in short <laughs> without giving too much away um it is complete and utter nonsense
0: okay I honestly I don't even know what you're talking about
1: is it um basic basically it- in short will Levis was going around telling people that he's going number one overall uh Reddit got a hold of it and subsequently the sports books got a hold of it and his odds to being the number one, being the number one overall pick jumped overnight oh yes
0: how'd you do that? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Maybe he knows something. We don't. That would be a, that would be a pick. Listen, listen. All right. We're here. We're here. We'll talk about it. (laughs) I love Will Levis. I love Will Levis more than most. I've had to defend Will Levis more times throughout this process than I've had to defend. Maybe any other prospect. Josh Allen. However,
0: maybe Josh Allen is probably the one that you've had to defend more. And Will Levis. The
1: most, the most is Josh Allen, without a doubt. Will Levis isn't close to that. But I've had to defend Will Levis plenty. Will Levis is not better than Bryce Young, he's not better than CJ Stroud. He's just not. Now, now, with that being said, if that's Frank Reich's guy and Frank Reich wants to build around that, that's fine. That's completely cool. But I will tell you this, Adam. If Will Levis goes number one overall Thursday night, watch what happens. Because I was told today that if there's any shakeup that's going away from Rice Young, C.J. Stroud, one, two, any particular order that you want, the Arizona Cardinals are going to hit the fucking lottery at number three. (laughs) They are going to get so many offers for that three pick. I know to come oh, up God. and take one of those quarterbacks. They're going to get a ton of offers to take one of those quarterbacks, regardless. But if one of those quarterbacks turns out to be one of Bryce or CJ, we're 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 talking ammunition for a full rebuild, kind of. Hall, that the Arizona and, Cardinals could end up getting if one of Bryce or CJ fall,
0: and they'd have Kyler Murray still, maybe, and they'd have all those picks. Yes, that's if they if Will Levis goes there or like Anthony Richardson going early, that would be such a galaxy brain level overthinking. I can't even think of an example. That I mean, maybe Baker Mayfield, but I mean that kind of worked out.
1: We well. We've seen it happen before where something comes out day of the draft and all of a sudden that it, that, that it happens. And I will say this, that that draft with Baker Mayfield, what was that, 2018? Yep. It was 2018. I was told right up to the start that, ba- that Sam Donald was the choice. That is that's awesome. what I heard all the way up to the start was that it was yep. Sam Donald. And that report was wrong. So I've been wrong. I've been wrong before, but everything that I'm hearing is still that it is Bryce Young. We did a mock with Jake,
0: the three of us, and we all picked Sam Darnold going first to Cleveland.
1: I thought it was the most slam dunk pick imaginable. Yep. And it turns out that Baker Mayfield probably was better than Sam Darnold, for being quite honest. But it just so happened that he wasn't the best quarterback in that draft because that was – some well, other guy that I really should have had stronger convictions about and I should have said that he was going she should have gotten number one overall
0: yeah I mean maybe
1: like 2006
0: with like Mario Williams going first overall over Vince Young that's probably a bit being I mean, that kind of worked out a little bit also I was gonna say that worked for... out great
1: right. that worked out yeah. great because Mario Mario Williams is one of the best players in Texans franchise history
0: yeah I mean well I mean in like 20 years 21 years of Texas franchise history but still sure anyway sorry texans fans um but that listen to the show maybe but yeah that would just be a colossal overthinking on the level of the on the part of the Carolina Panthers if they do that because
1: that yeah it just wouldn't i don't know i would be shocked and i I will leave it at that and i'll have I'll definitely have more information about it on Thursday. I, I I know I'm talking to uh to some scouts tomorrow. And I will uh I'll definitely have more information ready to go for, for Thursday morning. But as of right now, I would be absolutely stunned if Will Levis is the guy at number one. And I would then say to to everybody, get your popcorn ready because the, the windfall from that would just be whew, my oh well, my. The te- I mean,
0: the Texans would be like, wow, we didn't even have to do anything. And we, we stuck it to our front office and we got the quarterback that we wanted. Correct. Correct. Uh, that would be a win-win. Uh, it would
1: be. Okay.
0: It would be huge. So, win-win. yeah. So nine, eight, seven, and four or three, three are all gone. Three, five, eight, nine. Oh, three, five, eight, nine. Yes. Oh, so obviously Carmelo Anthony number 7
1: uh number 7 the New England Patriots draft a quarterback in the first two rounds Ooh, this I is probably that... the most this is the most bold one because obviously Bill Belichick does not have a rich history of drafting quarterbacks early but there are obviously questions in New England surrounding Mac Jones whether or not he is the guy there's ever-growing pressure within the Patriots organization that they have to put together a product that is capable of going back to the playoffs and contending sooner rather than later. And, and I that think fucking we, division, they're going to get, they're that's gonna the, get well, that's smoked. that's the point. That's the point is there has to be a quarterback that, 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 that can be good enough to be in these potentially high-scoring games with the Jets, the Dolphins, and, and, and the Bills. And is Mac Jones that guy? I don't think that he is and is it quite possible that we're looking at a situation where the Patriots I don't think the Patriots are ever going to trade up because it's just not in the Patriots DNA but if they're sitting there at 14 overall or if they're going into round two or yeah 14 overall okay this whole this whole uh, setup that fantasy pros is just spinning my way right now is, is, is just putting my mind through a blender. Uh, But 14 overall, and then 46 overall. It's quite possible that we see the Patriots go and want to address the quarterback position at some point in in this draft. And it really wouldn't surprise me to really light a fire under under Mac Jones. Because let's face it, he really hasn't been that great, if we're being honest. I don't think he's been terrible by any means, but I don't think he's been the guy that's really lit the world on fire either. I don't think that's that's too controversial or too harsh to say. He's just been he's just been a guy. And granted, I will also go on the record and I will say I don't think that there have been many smart organizational choices since Tom Brady has left. I think the Patriots are definitely not that juggernaut team that they were. Maybe they won't ever be that again. I mean, I don't know if there will ever be a team that's like that ever again. But there could there definitely could be some smarter choices that have been made by the Patriots front office in terms of surrounding Mac Jones with more talent, giving him more time, things like that. But Bill Belichick is running out of time. And Bill Belichick is not going to be around forever. And eventually there has to be a decision made as to whether or not the Patriots are going to go out of their way to bring in some competition for Mac Jones or try and find a guy that's going to be able to take over mac jones i'm shocked quite honestly that the patriots were not more heavily involved with the whole lamar jackson thing i know the patriots are very intrigued by lamar jackson in 2018 in that draft and they were very close to drafting him that year so i was a little bit surprised the patriots not going that direction but then again this is also the patriots not a huge surprise that they went that they went and did that but
0: who did they draft that year? Was that Sony Michelle? Was that that year?
1: Ah, uh, it might have been. Yes, it was. It was because they traded back. And they, t- they and they took Sony Sony Michelle one pick one pick before Lamar went before before Baltimore traded up for Lamar. Interesting. But yes, yeah, I think the, I, I think the Patriots do draft the quarterback. I don't know if if I don't know if Hendon Hooker really is the guy that makes a lot of sense for. For them, um, maybe Tanner McKee makes some level of sense. Um, I know there's been plenty of interest from around the the National Football League in Max Duggan, the quarterback out of TCU. And then another name that has gained a lot of interest over the last couple of days from what I've heard uh, around the league as like a mid-round pick is Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback out of Purdue that's been another name that has gotten some uh, some some buzz is like a potential mid-round pick uh from from around the league so just a couple names that I, that I think could uh, potentially become become Patriots but I don't think they take a quarterback in round one I don't think so I would be I, I would be shocked
0: yeah I mean I don't know I feel like they would be like I wouldn't even say spinning their tires but if they pick a quarterback they'd just be putting if they pick a quarterback in round one or round two and then they don't address the peripheral, uh, the periphery of their team, then, you know, you're not you're still not getting a good enough evaluation of the talent of that guy because he isn't in a good spot um, and in the same spot as uh, as Mac Jones would be where it, I mean, the, I would not be surprised if they w- it, I wouldn't be surprised if they waited. You know, that's the the Patriots' trademark, where they wait till like the fifth round or sixth round to get a guy. Right, but and
1: they they, but they they have a ton of holes. Patriots. They they need a corner. They could probably use a safety at some point. They they'll never go go wrong with drafting as many um, defensive linemen. They need they need a right tackle desperately because they don't they don't have one on the roster. Uh, they need more they could, receivers. Yeah, they need more receivers there's a lot this team does need and they, they there are a lot of needs the patriots have to go and explore uh in in this draft which is why again i think this this is probably the most bold one that i have on here um because there are a lot of needs the patriots have to, have to go and address in this draft and i just don't know if spending a uh premium pick in round 1 or round 2 on a quarterback is the most wise thing to do but this all comes down to patriots winning way winning culture what do they have to do to get back to potentially winning and competing one of the things they could do is getting away from Mac Jones.
0: I mean, part of it is I feel like if they try and fill those holes with the draft and say, like, okay, our team is better now, a lot better now than it was last year. Let's see how Mac Jones, if Mac Jones still doesn't succeed, you know, he's going into his third year. Like, let's be real. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, Zach bad or anything like that. He was still okay. Like, he brought them to the playoffs in his rookie year. Um, but like having a realistic evaluation with better players is something that will go a long way with new England and, you know, you know, me, I would, I want nothing more than to see new England fail, but like, you know, it's, I feel like they'd be pulling the shoot too early if they draft a quarterback, especially in the first round or second round we're going into year
1: three though. We're going into year three with Mac Jones, and I think at this point we kind of have to have an idea of what the future is going to hold for this kind of player. If we think
0: we, we kind of know think what he's Mac good Jones is or not, we kind of know what he is at this point. He's a game
1: manager, and is that is, is that guy is that kind of guy is, is that a guy that's going to win the National Football League? No.
0: Well, not for the
1: Patriots. No, not for the most successful franchise in the history of the National Football League. In the, in the modern Super Bowl era, yeah, because I'm sure
0: there are some, like really old Lions and Bears fans, and Packers. you know Brown Packers Browns Packers. fans like, hey, listen, yeah. we won a lot of those NFL championships. Eagles. In the modern
1: Super Bowl era, there is no team that is more successful than the New England Patriots. That's fact. Well,
0: actually, actually, they're tied with the Steelers.
1: The the Patriots, maybe if you want to no. put maybe if you want to put longevity into the mix, sure, Pittsburgh. Fine.
0: No, well, I mean am talking about Super Bowl. Super Bowls. They're tied with six.
1: Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you want if you want to add, you know, the Steelers have been relevant in way more decades than the Patriots have, then yes, sure. I, I, I will I will buy that. Um but the Patriots have also produced in this era of dominance, they've produced the greatest head coach that the NFL has ever seen, and they've produced the greatest quarterback that the league has ever seen. And they have to get back to winning ways. They have to get back to the Patriot way. And that's winning games. Because if it's not gonna happen, it might have to be somebody else that does it. And not Bill Belichick. I know it's a crazy thought for Patriots well, to could... think about.
0: Listen, Bill Belichick's going out on his own terms. Let's be real here.
1: I, I I'm not saying that Patty's gonna get fired. I'm just saying that Bill Belichick is not getting any younger. No. And how much not. time is Bill Belichick going to say that he has for himself where he's going to want to go through the same old, same old thing, especially in a division where now you have three of the best teams in the AFC are all in the AFC East?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like recently Bill Belichick the GM has not been as good as Bill Belichick the coach, and that's Agreed. not a hot take.
1: Agreed. That's not a hot take.
0: Um I don't know. It's I feel like the Patriots are pretty patient. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm interested to see how that happens. But we have to we we de- we do need to move on to another another bowl prediction. Um so nine eight seven three
1: are all gone. Nine eight seven five three. Nine
0: eight seven five three. All right, I'm gonna go with Jeff McNeil, number one.
1: Uh well, Adam, do you want to say your uh, your running back take?
0: Well, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if Jameer Gibbs doesn't make it to the Cowboys at twenty six or twenty whatever pick they are. Twenty no, four. Uh twenty five.
1: Twenty
0: five. <laughs> Third time's the charm.
1: Yeah, close enough. Uh, yeah. No, twenty six. Sorry, sorry.
0: Oh, it is twenty six. Yeah, yeah this is the
1: stupid the stupid format on uh, on, on on fantasy process. Absolutely fucking killing me.
0: Actually, ESPN is like that too. It's like pick number 27, 26 overall.
1: It's like, how how does that make any sense? No idea. No idea. It makes if it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the Giants, they are going to draft a running back within the first three rounds of the draft.
0: Is it that guy? I mean, it could be Jameer Gibbs. Or... No,
1: no, it will not be Jameer Gibbs. It's gonna be someone in the mid in the mid rounds. Uh, someone like a Ty J Spears out of Tulane, who I absolutely love as a prospect, uh, Devin Achain, chain, who I absolutely love as a prospect. And even Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Those are three names I'm looking at for the giants. Uh, basically the way I'm looking at this is this right now. They are in a good old fashioned Texas standoff with Saquon Barkley over a new contract. The giants don't want to sign Saquon Barkley to a super lucrative long-term deal. Saquon Barkley has made it evidently clear that he is not going to sign the franchise tag with the New York Giants name on it. So they are just playing a game of who's going to blank first. And what do the Giants go out and do? They decide to put the pressure on, and they decide to draft a running back. And not to mention, this is also something that the Giants have to do. Because at the end of the day, this is also going to be insurance behind Saquon Barkley and someone that could be a change-of-pace guy with him. So I don't think that the Giants are necessarily drafting a Saquon Barkley replacement they are drafting a guy that they can use a compliment with Saquon Barkley, and if God forbid Saquon Barkley is not there week one because he's holding out, boom, they have they have a guy they can plug and play right away.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the, one of the more realistic uh, bold predictions out of uh, out of these out of this list of nine. And I totally agree that the Giants should look at uh, look to drafting a running back.
1: Please God don't draft Devin Chain. Please God, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> I I will cry. But yeah, that's that's a that's a take that I'm rolling with.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I uh, to go to what I said before. I don't think that Jameer Gibbs is going to make it to Dallas's pick. Either.
1: I think he does. I think he does. I I have Jameer Gibbs right now going 28th overall to uh, the Bengals.
0: Ooh well with the joe mixon
1: thing that's uh, influential
0: yeah <laughs> thing is as far as i'll go with that but um okay so one three five seven eight nine
1: one three five seven eight nine 135789 yes you
0: have 2 4 and 6 left 2 4 oh wow even numbers i didn't even in, that wasn't even intentional
1: well done well well done
0: um, I'm gonna go with hmm. I'm gonna go with Staling Marte, number six.
1: Oh, this is this is probably the most intriguing one of the lot. Okay. Derek Henry gets traded during the draft. Oh my god. So we all know what the Tennessee Titans did last year when they to traded who? AJ Brown right in the middle of the draft. Think it happens again. Like Tennessee Titans trade Derrick Henry right in the middle of this draft. And and I will preface it with preface it with this. They'll be more likely to do it if Bijan is there for them at number eleven. They'll trade However, to the Atlanta. They'll trade him to the Atlanta Falcons. No, I actually I actually think they would trade him to the Eagles oh my get, get the fuck out of here that one makes a lot of sense that you, Eagles you, team would be unfair the Eagles need a running back Eagles need a running back they could definitely do it um I do it doesn't Henry have like I would fucking love him with the Cowboys I mean oh my God but I don't think I don't think the Cowboys would go would 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 do that if I'm being really honest um, With what money doesn't Derrick Henry have like a huge contract a, a massive massive cap hit but it's only for one more year and then, he, and then he's a free agent so oh he's my man, the man's playing for his cash again um, but yeah I think Derek I think there's a real possibility that Derek Henry does get traded d- during during the draft uh, this is not anything that I've heard this is just pure off the cuff so don't shoot me if I'm wrong and say oh oh this guy doesn't have sources no, this is right off. This is just off the cuff, gut feel, more than anything else. Uh, just wear it on Thursday. I'm going to be like, spicy.
0: you told me, you told me, Bird, that Derek Henry is going to get traded.
1: Adam, I will tell you right now that if Derek, if Derek <laughs> Henry gets traded during this draft, I will not be coming on right afterwards and say, "Oh, I told you so." Be be and my sources. I have nothing on this. This is this is me just spitting it out into the atmosphere.
0: I do have a follow up. Actually, do you think that Tannehill gets traded? During the draft?
1: During the draft, no. But after the draft, it's definitely a possibility.
0: I mean, if they're blowing it up, why even have Ryan Tannehill?
1: I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense for him.
0: It, yeah. When you are talking about Atlanta dra if Atlanta drafts Bijan Robinson and trades for Ryan Tannehill, that's a team. That's a team.
1: Yeah, there. that's definitely a team. That's definitely a team whether or not, you know, Ryan Tannehill would start. that's another thing. I think they seem pretty set on Desmond Ritter, right or wrong. Well, I guess it team... would be a
0: disservice to Desmond Ritter if they just traded for for a veteran because like they don't they don't know what they have in him at the moment.
1: Here's another team that I think uh, you can look out for on the on the Ryan Tannehill slash Derrick Henry front. How about the Washington Commanders?
0: Hmm they've done this before. I feel like they want to get their, they want to draft somebody.
1: They're not in a position to do it. True. Unless, unless it's Hennon hooker, which for what it's worth, even though I like Hennon hooker a lot, I I think there's a real chance that the draft slash scouting community is really talking this one into existence and that, you know, we're talking Hennon hooker into being a top 20 pick when, we're wondering, maybe in the mid-20s, why he hasn't gone.
0: Is this like the, um, I don't know, like Malik Willis, where people were mocking him way earlier than he would have
1: gone originally? S- similar. Similar. I think Hooker, though, is a more finished product. I think teams know what they're getting more with Hooker than they knew what they were getting with Willis. Well, the thing is with Hooker, I mean, he's coming off a major knee injury. The knee checks out. The knee checks out From what I from what I've been told. All 32 teams have cleared the knee. So that okay. doesn't seem to be a major a major issue. Uh, the biggest issue with, with Hooker right now is the offense that he was in in Tennessee, that it's not a pro-style offense. They have very basic concepts, and how will he be able to translate the very limited pro-style knowledge that he had in college? How does he translate that to the National Football League? And then not to mention he is an older prospect as well at 25 years old. Older older air quotes
0: well i mean that is old. well when you're talking about kids who are not kids adults who are 22 20 21 23 right he is older i mean brandon whedon was 26 when he got drafted
1: right and we're talking about head and hooker will need will need an extension if he goes round one head and hooker will be 30 if we're including the full five years of of team control he'll be 30 when he has to uh, start negotiating that first big contract.
0: So and really that's probably not going to be
1: that's not going to be in his favor. Right, and it's probably the only contract that he'll have that he'll have to he'll have to negotiate if it's a if it's a longer term deal unless he's signing a 3 or 4 year deal but even then you take it to 34 and it's like okay, you better be really freaking good if a 34 year old is going to be getting another multi-year deal on a on a big salary.
0: Yeah. I mean like his his colleagues are going to be hitting their prime and he's going to be 28 29
1: it's going right. to be it's a it's a weird dynamic a- a- absolutely absolutely That's that's where i think the, the, the biggest thing with Hooker is right now but outside of that outside of that there's nothing against him as a as a character he's a high character kid a great kid smart kid a uh, a leader super ace the interviews he was one of the best when it came to teams talking or him talking to teams from what I was told that he wowed teams. And the, the the comparison that I heard from a couple of scouts with hen, with Hendon hooker is Teddy Bridgewater. And oh. that's very high praise. That and is it's Teddy Bridgewater is, I mean, you talk to any scout and some of the best interviews that I think, that a couple of scouts that I had heard um, was Teddy Bridgewater. That he was just unbelievable in the interview process, and pe- and teams raved about how what a good kid he is. Hennon Hooker, Hooker is the is the same exact way that you you draft him and you bring him into your building. Your building is going to be better off because you have and Hooker in it.
0: Well, that's a good comparison. Teddy Bridgewater seems like a really great great person, like a nice yes. guy.
1: And teammates universally love Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be the same thing with Henan Hooker, a really, really, really good kid.
0: Yeah. Well, we have gone off from you talking about the uh, Titans trading Derrick Henry to talking about quarterbacks, but you know that's the nature of the beast when we uh, do these shows. It happens. We're covering all the bases. (laughs) Covering all the bases, but the Eagle. Well, the Eagles would be like I said. My reaction speaks for itself. Get the fuck out of here. No, I way. would be
1: very, very, very cross. I could tell you that
0: I, that, that would be unfair. That would just be
1: absolutely unfair. I'd be very unhappy.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so two and four are the only ones left. Yep. Um, am trying to think of, num- of uh, famous athlete numbers for both of them. And no, I'm not picking that one for number two. Because I'm not a Yankees fan.
1: I say both of them. Both of them you could have Yankees. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do Braden Schneider for number four. Uh, the Packers do not take a pass catcher in round one. And I have Dalton Kincaid mocked to them. I think they're going to. But we have seen this before. That the Packers, when all the signs are pointing to them taking a pass catcher, They don't do it. Now, what I will say, what I will say to this is that the Packers have a very weird history of when they have a young starting quarterback, they do go out and they invest early picks in for their quarterback. I think the great example is the year that Aaron Rodgers was drafted when they brought in Aaron Rodgers. They also took a tight end in the third round, a guy by the name of Jermichael Finley.
0: Oh, Jermichael Finley. Who
1: turned Just who so- turned out to be a very, very good tight end for a long time. Jordan Love obviously is not a rookie. They're not going to be drafting a quarterback. They'll be rolling with Jordan Love. But what do what do they need to do? They need to surround Jordan Love with talent. And right now, they have nobody at tight end. They have Nobody at receiver, outside of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, they have to get somebody else in there. But this is the fucking Packers. And I refuse to believe that they're going to take a pass catcher in the first round until they do it. Do I think they do it legitimately? (laughs) Yes, I do. But my bold prediction to really make sure that Thursday night is super spicy here on the Basement Talk Podcast finish show is that the Packers do not take one in round one. And Adam... So help them God if they don't take one in round one. I will come on here Thursday, and I will unleash hell if they don't take one.
0: The funny thing is, is that you
1: – what? and I know that this
0: is a bold prediction, and you know, you think that they will take a receiver, but it's just funny. Or a tight you're like, end. Or a tight or end. A tight end. Um, when you're like, I don't think the Packers are going to take a receiver. But here are all the arguments why they should. Take a receiver. I'm like, I'm convinced they should take some. They should take a pass catcher. It is,
1: and right they should.
0: There. It's right it there, is right there. I mean, listen, this is how. Well, this is how we got in this position in the first place is because they should have taken a receiver and they took Jordan Love.
1: And guess what? They now have a crap ton of picks from the Aaron Rodgers trade, where they can and Devontae go. Adams. And they, if they want, and the Devonte Adams trade. Yep, if they want to leap a. Above, let's say, 10. Jump up four spots, minimum. And make sure that Jackson Smith and Jigba is not in play for the Eagles, Titans, or Texans. They can get Jackson Smith and Jigba. And you have now a wide receiver one, wide receiver two of Christian Watson and Jackson Smith and Jigba for your young quarterback.
0: Ooh, Jason would be fun on that team.
1: I will I I will say this. This is the, it's the most cloudy wide receiver one year that we've seen in a long time but I I will stand with um uh, the scouting community when they say Jackson Smith and Japa probably is the cleanest. That I do. Some would
0: with. say that this draft sucks.
1: From it, a <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. I don't think this draft is a bad draft for wide receivers. I just don't think there is that out and out, number one wide receiver that we've seen in years past. I think it's very similar in a much lesser extent to what last year's was, where you had Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They were they, all three would be the number one wide receiver in this year's class. Because
0: they were all pretty good.
1: But yes, they're this... all they were all very good. I think these receivers are good. I think they're all good receivers. I don't think there's one that is just standout wow. But the cleanest one and the most consistent one is is Jackson Smith and Jigba.
0: Well, I guess I was also talking about like the draft as a whole. This draft as a whole, it's uh, like
1: I, yeah, and I, I I think this draft as a whole, I think receiver is still pretty good. I think receiver is very deep. I think you're going to be getting uh, real quality receivers in. Well, I mean, like round every three, position, round four,
0: every position. I feel like I've been hearing people say, like reading on message boards and stuff, like, and this draft is really weak at a lot of positions
1: um top end top end i would say i would agree with that but i think it's i think there's depth in certain areas and it's weaker in some areas i don't think this is the draft that you're looking at where you have super high-end talent outside of outside of the likes of like jalen carter and, and and will anderson and even then, like I, I Jalen, Jalen Carter is is Jalen Carter is the best football player in this entire draft. But even then, he has questions.
0: Well, you have to you have to specify football player when you say that because of the things, because of things. Oh, he,
1: he is the best pure football player in this entire draft, without question, without right. question. But, but everything else exactly. Well. <laughs> Well, the, again, I, I talked about this on the on the mock draft show. I talked about this uh, earlier this week that the legal issues seem to have cleared up with Jalen Carter. And now it's about performance. And we've seen this before where performances get questioned. Guy gets drafted. Guy turns into a beast. And people say, oh, wait, I thought they said this guy couldn't play. Jalen Carter can. wall. He just has yeah. to be in a good, in a good spot where he's going to be able to do it. And even though I have him going number six right now, to the Detroit lions, I was told today that that seems unlikely that the lions may not do that. And that that could be actually that where Seattle goes number five. And that is a Pete Carroll kid through and through. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh my God. I mean, I don't
0: know. I wouldn't, would you, would you be shocked if we're stacking this draft up with 2013, as like one of the weaker ones in recent memory
1: possibly possibly i i I have heard some comps about this year to 2013
0: ironically because it's 10 years because they're exactly 10 years apart
1: yeah and and how and how there are teams that may want to accumulate assets for next year more so yeah I, i i have heard that comp but i think it's also important for for teams and 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 fans alike to understand that there are still very, very good players in, in in this draft. It's not a complete wash by any means.
0: Yep. All right. Two is left.
1: Kyle yep. Walker. So number two, the Minnesota Vikings are going to trade up for a quarterback. And this is, again, I think this is very simple. Uh, if you dig deep into the contractual situations involving the Minnesota Vikings— uh, Kirk Cousins is a pending unrestricted free agent and obviously head coach Kevin O'Connell brand new to the job. He's going to be in his sophomore season as coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And I think this is a potentially a great opportunity for Kevin O'Connell to draft what would be his guy for the future of the team. In the first round, you think in the first round? Yeah. Okay. And I think that Kevin O'Connell could, it could be very similar to what the Kansas city chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. When they traded up to get Patrick Mahomes number 10, Patrick Mahomes sat the entire first year behind Alex Smith, and then the transition happened, and Patrick Mahomes is now Patrick Mahomes. I think this could be a very similar situation where the Vikings trade up for a quarterback. That quarterback sits for one one entire year behind Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins leaves the end of the season, and then in 2024, whomever this quarterback is gets free reigns and has the offense to himself. I have been told that the Minnesota Vikings have done extensive homework on both Will Levis and Hendon Hooker, and Will Levis seems to really, really intrigue the Minnesota Vikings as a potential option. I think Will Levis is actually the most ready to start right away, so I do find it interesting that they, they let him marinate for a year. But if they do decide to go in that direction and do that, pending, of course, Will Levis the silly season that happened and Will Levis doesn't go number one overall, uh, I think I think it could be a really, really good fit there. Not to mention Will Levis would be a great, great dynasty stash because now you would have the future quarterback for Justin Jefferson. Oh hell yeah. Hendon
0: Hooker would be weird for this sort of situation.
1: Yes, I agree. As as a as a wait and see guy for next year when he would be twenty six. Yeah, I can com- I completely agree with you.
0: Like why would you burn a year of what are supposed to be his prime years? Correct. Even though it would be his rookie year.
1: Correct. the 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 Levis the Levis one makes more sense.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that is it. And we will talk to you next time for the draft or after the first round of the draft. And we'll
1: I will talk to you on Thursday morning.
0: Well, yes, Bird will talk to you on Thursday morning, but I will yes. be talking to you on Thursday night after the draft, and we will break down all the picks and see how everything uh, shook out and yeah i'm excited for it it's almost here and then we could actually after that like next week we could do actual mocks where we can uh you know we have a better idea a really good idea especially since aaron Rodgers got traded to the jets oh my god um now that we can really have a a realistic estimation of everybody's value and yeah uh, I'll be we can up- make I'll, i'm gonna be updating good pro- my rank projections
1: I'll be updating my ranks all day, Sunday and into Monday. So I I think for that, for that Monday, uh, show, whether it's a dynasty show that I'm going to do with Jake, or we're doing a mock draft on here or whatever it may be, um, we'll have a pretty good idea of, you know, what, of what the ranks are going to shape up to, to look like, you know, when we're kind of going to have the blueprint for what ranks will be as we head towards, uh, Head towards the summer months and head towards drafts.
0: It'll be here before you know it.
1: Thank God.
0: Yep. Labor Day will be here before you know it. Although, yeah. I don't want that to be here any closer because the summer is nice. It's my favorite season. Agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast. The show. You can find all episodes we review you your podcast for my co host, Doug Birdsall. I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.